Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Hey, welcome everyone. It's great to have you here. For those online, we want to welcome you too. Are you ready for the word today? I'm ready for the word. Yeah, I'm excited to bring it to you. I believe I have a word of the Lord for you today. I've sought after God and I believe God's spoken. So no doubt you're here for a reason that God is going to speak to you today. Come with expectation that God is going to use this for his purpose and glory. Let's pray and then we'll go. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be together, the opportunity to sit under your word, the opportunity to worship, the opportunity to be in a Christian community where people love us, we're part of family. Father, I pray for each person here, each person online. Father, I want to pray your blessing upon them, upon Annabelle and Jackie and Dave and Tracy, upon Chi and Linda and Kane and Ross and Dave and um, Colin and Felicity and each one in this space. Father, open our hearts today. Allow us to hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you, have you ever heard the expression, there's a light at the end of the tunnel or the light at the end of the tunnel. Have you heard that expression? What does that expression mean? What does someone yell at the answer? What does it mean? <laughs> it's a Kenwood coming the other way, a truck, Kenwood truck. Yeah, maybe not that, but that could be it. What else could it mean? There's hope in a dark situation. Things can get better. Don't give up. Yeah. The things are tough, you're in a difficult situation, but you see... You see there's something coming. There is a way out of this. There is a, there is a way forward. Here's a picture of a, of, of a light in a tunnel. But, but uh, what if you're in the tunnel and you can't see the light? What if you're in a situation in life and it's more like this? It's dark. Um, you're in a difficult place, whatever that is, and you can't see a way out. You can't see a light at the end of the tunnel. In life, we all go through difficult seasons, and many times in that difficult season, we go, you know what, this is just a season. I am going to come out of this. You get good news. You, you've been here before, and you know, yep, if I keep doing these things, if I keep trusting God, I know that there's going to be a way. But, but what if you're in a really difficult place, and that light dims, and you run out of hope? You're in a place where you go, um, this is it. <clears throat> I'm, I'm stuck here, and, and, and you might be in a place where you go to yourself, you know what, there is no way forward, there is no light. What do you do in those situations? About 10 years ago for me, I've shared this many times, <clears throat> was one of the most difficult times in my life. I'm just going to cough, excuse me. No, I think I'm okay. I just had that thing in my throat, and I didn't want to make it over the microphone. Is that okay? Being, trying to be loving to you lot. About 10 years ago was a difficult time for me. Um, I've shared it many times. I was working too hard, not taking days off, too many nights out. There was pressure at church, and I hit the wall. Um, I had a massive um, anxiety rose up within me. I had poor thinking, um, ran out of energy, <clears throat> and, I, and I went to a psychologist and got lots of help. And, and, and it took me about two years to recover through that season, and, and very early on, when I had no energy and I went, this is just awful, there was times where I went, this sucks. And there was times where I, 
where I didn't see a future. I was like, this is just it. Um, I, don't, I can't see a way of getting better. I, I wonder if you, you've ever been there. You've, you've, you've been in that dark tunnel where you go, I don't see a way forward. Um, I have no hope that, that this could change. And it could be a situation that you're in. It could be a, a relationship or a breakdown in a relationship. It could be financial difficulty. It could be a sickness. It could be, it could, it could be many things. What do you do when you're in the tunnel and you can't see a way out? You know, as a pastor, I've had the privilege to sit with many people over the years who have been through difficult situations. Many have the light at the end of the tunnel, but there's also some who just get stuck in seasons where they can't see a way out. And if, and, and if that's where you're at today, I want to take you to a person in the Bible who was also in a tunnel, and we're going to look at what she did, which is something that you can do as a way of getting through this season. The person we're going to talk about today is a person named Sarah. Sarah was Abraham's wife. And we read about Sarah in Genesis chapter 12 through to 18, 19. She's there. But she's also mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 in the Heroes of Faith. And she's described as someone who was in a tunnel. And for her, it was wanting to have a baby. And she was getting older and older in life, and it wasn't happening. And then God speaks to Abraham, Abraham in Genesis 12, and makes promises to Abraham that she expected were also hers, because he's the husband, she's the wife. God made a promise to Abraham about children, and not just one children, but many descendants. And she thought to herself, well, I must be included in that promise. But then after years and years and years and 25 years of waiting, nothing happened. She got to a place where she was beyond childbearing age. And to not have a child, to not be able to have a baby at, at, at that time in history meant there was shame on you. Maybe you'd sinned and the gods were against you. There was no pension when you got old, so your kids looked after you when you got old. And then there was also the joy of having children, and, and she wanted all those things, but, but didn't have them. And when the promise from God came at age 65 with, through Abraham, she was like, yes, this child that I was dreaming of is going to come, light at the end of the tunnel. But then after 25 years, after that baby had not come, her hope, her hope disappears. And we're going to check out her story today. So we're going to look at... Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 through 12. Now, it starts with Abraham, and verse 11, we, we, we talk about Sarah, but we're going to read it in context. So this is Hebrews 11, chapter 8, and this is the passage we looked at last time I spoke when we, when we talked about stepping into the unknown. If you haven't seen that, you can watch that on YouTube. It's on our podcast. Thank you, Carl. He puts that together. This is what it says. Hebrews 11, 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance obeyed and went. First time obedience, if you remember that message. Even though he did not know where he was going. Verse 9. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah 
who was past childbearing age, verse 11, the important verse, who was past childbearing age was enabled to to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. In verse 12, And so from this one man, Abraham, and he as good as dead, came descendants, in other words, he couldn't have kids, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. And that's talking about the Jews, the, the Israelite race, who we still have today. In this text, um, it, it refers back to that important, chap, important chapter in Genesis, Genesis 12, where God speaks to Abraham, who later gets his name changed to Abraham, and makes many promises to him. And one of those, as I said before, is the descendants. And Abraham gets a promise. Sarah's the, Sarah's the wife. So she expected that she would be the one to give birth to the baby. God spoke to Abraham when, when he was 75 and Sarah, Sarah was 65. And then <clears throat> the promise comes to the baby. And you can imagine that for the last 65 years, Sarah hasn't had a baby. And maybe for the last 40 years, she's wanted a baby. So she's been in that tunnel, and over time as she gets older, maybe that light dimmed. But when God gave the promise to Abraham, I can imagine that light came back in great measure, and she could see, yes, God's going to give me a child. I'm going to fall pregnant. The shame is going to be gone. I'm going to have someone to look after me when I'm old. Amen to that. And I'm going to have the joy of children. But then one year passed, and two years passed, and five years passed, and ten years passed, and still nothing, nothing happened. Fifteen years pass. She's now 80 years old to the point where she can't have kids. And she's thinking to herself, what's going on? God, you gave this promise, but it hasn't happened. So what does she do? The light dims. She can no longer see a way forward. She can no longer see what God has said to happen in her and through her. So she goes to a servant, Hagar. And in, and in Genesis chapter 16, verse 1, we read this. Now Sarai, Sarah, same person, Abraham, Abraham's wife, same person, had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. She said to Abraham, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave, Perhaps I can build a family through her. The light for her had dimmed. She was in that tunnel. She said, me having a baby is over. So Abraham, why don't you have a relationship with my servant girl, Hagar, and maybe she can have kids, and maybe that's how God's going to fulfill the promise. Hagar has a son named Ishmael. Very good, you guys, Ishmael. And he's about 10 years old. Abraham is about 99. Sarai, Sarah is about 89. And then God speaks. Genesis 18, verse 9. It's, it's entitled, The Three Visitors, if you, if, if you have your Bible. The Three Visitors, that's a picture of God, comes and speaks to Abraham. They spend time with Abraham. Abraham gets a, a meal organized. And then God says this in verse 9. Where is your wife, Sarah? They, they asked him. There in the tent, he, Abraham, said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Abraham's 99, Sarah's 89. 
Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance. Anyone 89? Kathy, how old are you? Just, just saying, just saying. Now, Sarah, Kathy is listening at the entrance to the tent. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham, and yeah, everyone hear that? It's important. Stay on track, you guys. Don't get distracted. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Surprise. So Sarah laughed to herself. She laughed to herself and thought, after I'm worn out and, and, and my Lord is old, Abraham is old, will I now have this pleasure of having children? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Because she didn't believe. She didn't believe the word. Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? This is what God says. I'll return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But Abraham said, yes, you did laugh. <laughs> yeah, you did. Ever experienced that in a marriage? Hey. No, Sarah thought, Sarah thought the light was gone. She was in that tunnel. She didn't see the light. There was no way out for her. So she got Hagar to have a child. And then... After 25 years of this original promise, God speaks to her and says, you're going to have a kid. She didn't believe it, but we uh, read the story and she falls pregnant and has the son who? Isaac. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, then Judah. We talk about Joseph, but it's actually Judah that's in the line of Jesus. I want to take you back to Hebrews 11.11 and, and, and I want to show you something pretty awesome here. It says this, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled, given by God, to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. And I, I reckon I read this verse for two hours, maybe longer. I rang up a mentor. What does this mean? I read commentaries and they weren't very helpful. God speak to me. And, 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 and as I prayed, I, I sensed God speak to me about this verse. And I think the answer to being in the tunnel with no light is, is in this verse. It says Sarah, who we read about in these passages in Genesis, who was given the promise, saw the light, but over time the light fades. She has no hope. She doesn't believe it anymore. She didn't see the promise given to her that she was in a dark tunnel. But here it says in the underlined bit, she, even in this dark tunnel season, she considered him faithful. She considered God faithful. She considered him faithful. And friends, here is the key to being in the tunnel. Here is the key to being in the tunnel. When you're in that really, really dark place in life, you may not be able to see the light. You may not be able to see the outcome. You may not be able to see a way forward. You may be stuck in where you're at. You might be so consumed in where you're at, you might, this is my thing for life. I don't see a way out. But when you're in the tunnel, just as Sarah did, put your faith in him. You may not be able to see your future, but he can. Put your faith in his character. Put your faith in his power. Put your faith in his ability. Put your faith in him who speaks, who moves, who heals, who raises the dead. Put your faith in him when you're in the tunnel. Because you may not be able to see the way out, but he sees 
your future. He sees your way forward. Amen? In um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, in our text, I, w- I, w- I want to go back to our definition of faith, and then we're going to land this message. In, in Hebrews ch- um, chapter 11, verse 1, we have the definition of faith. Now, faith, now faith in God is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, in this definition of faith, as I've spoken about earlier in the year, there's two parts to it. The first part is here. Now, faith in God is confidence in what we hope for, which is simply about having a confidence or an assurance about what, that, that what we are hoping for will be our reality. Again, where we have an assurance or we have a confidence that we are, what we are hoping for will be our reality. That's the light at the end of the tunnel stuff. You're in this difficult spot. You believe in God. You're believing for an outcome. That's the first bit of faith, the light at the end of the tunnel. But the second bit of faith, we'll click the thing. The second bit is this. Now, faith is also confident, um, an assurance about what we do not see. An assurance about what we do not see. And as I read the, comment- the commentators on this, the commentators say, what, did, what does this mean? It, believes, it, it means that you believe God exists and you've seen the evidence of God's existence in this world. And that's the faith that Sarah had, and that's the faith that you need when you're in that tunnel when you can't see a, light out, a, a way out. Where you believe that he exists, you know what he's done in the past, and you go, God, God, I can't see a way that I'm holding on to you. God, I'm believing in you. I'm putting my trust in you. Because look at what it says here in 11.11 again. That God enabled her because God, friends, is able. He is able to do whatever he wants in your life. He's going to bring good and he's going to re- restore and he wants to make whole and he wants to bring freedom. And all we need to do is believe him, trust him, rely on him. He's able to make a way where it seems there is no way. He's able to heal even if you can't see it in your future. He's able to restore relationships even if you can't see it. He's able to meet your needs even if you can't see it. He's able to bring freedom in your life even if you can't see it. When you're in that tunnel, if you can't see a way out, look to him, put your faith in him, hold tight to him, for he is able. One last story, then we're going to pray. When I was a little kid, like a really little kid, I remember one night being in my bed, and my mom, who's here today, must have just made the bed that day. And I don't know about your mum, but when my mum made the bed, she always tucked the sheets in really tight. Isn't it wonderful getting in a freshly made bed where the sheets are in really tight, particularly in winter, and it's like snug. Who likes that? Who likes the sheets off and like, let me be free? One, two, three people, three people, four people, free. But as, as a little kid, mum must have just made the bed that night, and I'm, I'm in the, and, and I'm in my bed, and I, and I wake up, and it's fully dark. It's fully dark, like the tunnel. And it must have been really little because I remember spinning around in the bed and feeling for a way, where's the top? Where's the top so I can slide out? Where's the pillow end, right? And I was stuck at every way and I couldn't find a way out. I was in that tunnel. Did you know what I did in, the, in, that, in that bed? I didn't know a way, a way out, but, but, but I knew the one who knew a way out. <laughs> Mom! Mom! Do you remember this story? 
No, I do. Mom! And she comes and she, she, she leads me out of that bed and pillow. And back. I went to sleep, no doubt. She went back to bed. Everything's good. And, and the reason I share that story is because when you're in the tunnel and you don't know the way out, call out to the one who can get you out. You may not know, you may not know the way, but you can call to the one who can. So I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're in a really dark place. Anybody want the band to come? Come on, band. Come on down. Let's stand together as the band comes. Let's stand together. And... Let's, let's, let's position ourselves to receive from the Lord. Thanks, Nana. Thank you, God. Father, there's, 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 there's many of us here today who are going through a difficult season because it's normal, and we all go through difficult seasons in life. And there's many of us who can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We know it's only a season. We know the money's coming when we get paid next week. Or you're going to have that conversation with someone and sort it out. It's going, it's going to be okay. But God, there's some of us, no doubt, today who are in a tunnel and we, and, and we can't see the light. We're like Sarah who wanted to have a baby and just for 25 years, living longer than that, couldn't. And she, her hope was, was over. She thought she was done. And if you can't see a way out today, my, my encouragement to you is, that, is to turn your eyes to him who is able who is able to make a way. For your trust in him, cry out to him, hold tight to him. The one who loves you, the one who is for you, the one who wants to bring good to you. Come Holy Spirit, we pray. And that God, that you'd meet each person. You'd meet each person. We're going to sing for a bit, and then I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward. Dave going to lead us, or Hannah, one of us, lead us in the song, and we'll sing for a bit, and then sing You Give Life. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.